Good morning, everybody. Corey Frills here with the LTW Group. Today, I have on Autumn Lane and Becca Ruckert. Um, and lots to talk about this week um, in the mortgage world. So uh, we have seen rates improve significantly this week, but it has been a wild, wild ride. So um, fallout continues from the failure of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, and now First Republic Bank um, has received an emergency cash injection by other banks. Ironically, we should probably circle back to that um, to keep them going. And, and so I want to unpack this a little bit. This is, you're going to hear in the news that this is isolated, that this is, you know, Silicon Valley Bank had all these big depositors and they were in the tech business. And, you know, it was just a, it was an anomaly. But um, while, while that may be true for the fact that they failed first, I do think there's some real issues in the banking system right now um, that are going to have to continue to play themselves out before we just say this is this is fine and we're going to continue on um, like nothing happened. So um, the core issue that is really causing destruction in the banking system is that the Federal Reserve has raised rates as rapidly as they have. So they went from a, a target Fed funds rate of zero to a quarter to now 475, and it's about to go to 5% in 12 months or less. Um, and so you and you, the Fed funds rate was near zero almost the whole time with a brief rise in 18, but nothing like we've seen now. Um, since the financial collapse. So you have entire banking systems that are built on super duper duper cheap money on behalf of banks. So when you think about deposits for a bank, it's really around, um, that is their cost of goods. That's the their raw product cost is uh, deposits. So um, they made loans to people based on almost a free cost of money as a bank. And now um, they have, they've committed to those loans for three years, five years, whatever. Now their cost of funds has gone up. So they committed to lend this money out at 2%, 3%, and their cost of funds went from zero to five in a very short amount of time. And so this puts a lot of stress on banks. Um, it's like you commit to sell strawberries at $5 a pound, um, for the next five years, and then all of a sudden in 12 months, your cost of strawberries goes to $6. You can't make any money that way. Um, so that's that's the basic idea of what's happening in the banking system right now is their cost of product has gone way up and they've committed to lend at super duper low rates for fixed periods. So there's another element to that. And really what took down Silicon Valley Bank is they also purchased bonds at a, at a very low interest rate. Um, and when interest rates rose, the value of those bonds plummeted. And so now when you look at their balance sheet, if, if a bank is trying to raise cash and somebody looks at the bank's balance sheet, everything that they just paid a lot of money for is not worth as much money anymore. So lots of things happening there. The next thing that I am anticipating and I'm looking for is, is most of those really, really big loans, and I'm talking like 50 million, 100 million, 200 million dollar commercial loans, 
We're locked over the past couple of years at very, very low rates for time periods of one to three, maybe five years. And those loans are going to come up for renewal. Well, in one way, that's going to be helpful for banks because now they can reprice these to the current market. They can say, hey, look, we're having to pay depositors 4%, 3% on their money, 2% on their money. Um, now I can reprice this loan from two to five. But what happens if the person on the receiving end of that loan can't pay? This remind me, this is a loan that's already out there. They've already lent this $100 million. It's spent. And the bank's going to come back and say, hey, your rate's going from two to five. It's going up 3%. And so 3%, um, $100 million, $3 million a year in interest, in additional interest. So um, I think that's $250,000 a month in additional interest payments that this business is now going to have to pay. What if they can't pay it? The money's spent. They don't, it's not like it's just an empty line of credit out there. The money's spent. They can't just go pull it back. Uh, they have to continue to pay this loan. So that's when I think we're going to see the next kind of um, interesting thing for banks to come. It's not something you're hearing about a lot, but it is something that uh, that I've been asking about with my contacts and, and commercial banking and, and otherwise. Um, so the bank, the bank system is going to have a hard time if the Fed holds course. So that leads us to say, will the Fed hold course? And they will, they're going to, uh, they have a meeting on Wednesday. Right now, the, the smart people I follow think they'll probably still raise a quarter. The European Central Bank raised half a point yesterday anyway, even with Credit Suisse, a, a bank of, in Sweden. Um, Credit Suisse is in big trouble. Um and they they jumped it 50 basis points anyway. They don't, they, they just said, we don't care. We're, we're raising, we want to fight inflation. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Wednesday. Um, but it could mean that at least as this continues to unfold and the Fed kind of decides, hey, is, is the banking system okay? Do we need to help people? Um, maybe we should either pause hiking rates or drop them. So something to keep your eye on. Mortgage rates are reacting really well to the news. Um, volatile all over the place. I mean, it literally depends on what time a specific lender prices a loan. And it's swinging 20 to 30, um, we would say basis points, but it's swinging dramatically during the middle of the day. So just keep an eye on that. If you have customers that are shopping rates, it is really hard to compare an apples to apples quote right now because everyone is all over the place, just depending on what time they price, um, what their personal position is like, how, how much they can lose or make. Um, so just keep that in mind. That it's it's going to be really hard to compare apples to apples, and lenders are going to be dramatically different from day to day. So all that said, it is good news for mortgage rates um, and has been good news for mortgage rates. Um, I locked a loan um, just over six and a half for the first time in a long time um, this week. Um, and so, and that was literally day to day. The day before it was like seven. And then the next day it was 6.65. And I think in the middle of that day, it jumped up to 6.875. So it's, it's something that we have to be on guard on. So all that say, good news for mortgage rates. I do see the market kind of realizing, finally coming to grips with what's happening, what we've been talking about, that we believe a recession is coming. The market seems to be signaling that they see it now and they agree, um, which is good for long-term rates. And honestly, it's a natural economic cycle. It's good for housing. 
I know that scares us coming from 08. It is good for housing. Um, and 08 was an anomaly uh, and that it was caused by poor lending. So with that said, um, got Autumn on here and I'm super excited about this. Um, I was watching a video uh, the other night by the RE source, um, really great intelligence for, for realtors and lenders. I, I recommend you, you follow them. And he was talking about how um, things really are we haven't seen this kind of pressure in our industry since 08. And it's very different. So I don't even, I don't like putting the two things together because 08 was caused by loose lending and it led to a housing crisis. None of that is the case right now. Um, we see housing actually continuing to appreciate. Prices are continuing to rise. Um, although we do have buyers that are getting deals on houses. We have appraisals coming in over asking price or over the, over the contract price, which is fantastic. Um, so the housing market remains very healthy, um, but this is a very trying time for us in the business. And there's just no getting around that, right? It's, it's raining on all of us, uh, but, but it is raining. So, um, I, I wanted to get Autumn on here and, and this is when they said that, when they said this is the, the most pressure we've seen in our industry since 08. It was almost like a oh, like a badge of honor, you know, because I, I was so jealous when I talked to Autumn and Lisa, people that lived through OA in the mortgage business. It's like this badge of honor. Like I came through OA. You haven't seen anything unless you've been to OA. So um, just want to talk to Autumn. What, what was it? Do you have any memories around that time when it's happening and kind of some initial thoughts you had or, or you know, when it first started to kind of set in that we were in a housing issue in OA? I, I have, I do have some memories. I want to point out two things before they escape my mind. Thank you for the strawberry analogy on the, um, on your earlier, because when you put it in terms of strawberries, I get it. Yes. So, you have so, children and they probably, <laughs> if they're like mine, they eat their yeah. late strawberries. That helps me wrap my brain around that. The other thing is just a quick win when Corey's talking about interest rates. Um, Fairway has a um, partners with Freddie on a, a grants program, and depending on certain income limitations, um, they can customers can qualify for a certain amount of a grant depending on their income. So I was able to um, work with a customer yesterday, and with the grant, buy their rate down to five point seven five. Wow! Yeah, thirty year fixed. Um, they they were getting that on a ten year arm. They're actually getting higher than that on a ten year arm with their bank. So I was super excited to be able to offer that to them and buy that rate down. So just another little like win on rates. That's exclusive for us too. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. yeah. We're, we partner with Freddie on that because of, I guess, the amount of business we do with them. I guess awesome. they, yeah. So anyway, wanted to share that. I have, I could go on and on about 2008. I have specific memories, mainly because that's when my daughter was born and she was <laughs> born in February. And I went on maternity leave probably second or third week of February. And as I am home with a new baby, not even understanding what my life is doing at this point, I start seeing all these things come across my work email, like basically products being just kind of jerked out from under us because of just this, um, you know, just quick reactions in the market. So, so that's what's vivid, I think, to me is being on maternity leave. And feeling like my business was being pulled out like a rug out from under me. Um, that was a little tough. Clearly, we're still here. That's that's the other side of things is that 
that, you know, we made it. But um, I think I'll say, you know, to Corey, I think the difference is, the main difference is I remember feeling like I couldn't get borrowers qualified at that point in time. You know, um, one of my biggest programs that I really built my business on, THDA used to have this awesome conventional product for buyers. They have one now, but you have to put 22% down. This was like a zero, zero down THDA option you could pair with. Um, the minute the market started changing in 08, that product was just yanked. And that was my bread and butter at this time. So it just was scary. The thought of not having loans to provide to people and seeing across my email, just the tightening of guidelines. So, you know, so tight. And you're thinking to yourself, can these people even get a loan? You know, again, this is a different market than that time because that was driven by housing and the lenders were reacting by tightening guidelines and pulling products. And that's when all your other weird products started being, you know, pulled like your no income, no whatever, no blood, no blood. I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, um, so that's that's a big difference I see in today's market than than back then. Um, But um, now, what are you? I mean, what were your were your realtors? Did did we feel it in our industry before the realtors did? I feel like that was a little simultaneous. Yeah, I think we felt it, and then that's when the realtor our realtor partners kind of started to level off as far as um, seeing shifts in the market. Now, I will say, you know, a difference that we started seeing back then is more foreclosures coming onto the market. Right. So, so, you know, you had inventory behind that change, whereas yeah. we're not seeing that now, even though people tend to predict that where we might is where we might be heading. We're not seeing that. So you, you at least had the inventory then, you know, that's, that was different than now. It was more the products then that were being like kind of pulled, but it was still that sense of, oh no, that sense of like, what's going on. I think coming out of it for me, it just kind of reiterates like solidifying all of your relationships in the industry and making sure you're with your, you know, with the right partners mm-hmm. to ensure that your business, um, you know, is protected and you're protecting your business for your clients. I think that overall is a, is a good kind of takeaway from coming out of that because we saw so many changes that it was very important at that point in time to have to have those relationships established and to, to keep your business moving forward. Yeah, I makes. mean, I think, well, two things I want to touch on. I think the foreclosure piece is a big difference because in the run-up to 08, you had so much no money down, no skin in the game, mm-hmm. first and second mortgage or 100, 100 LTV, no second mortgage, speculative buying um, for years where, where we... Obviously, credit was the tightest in my career in 2020. I mean, it was very tight in 2020. People had to put money down, really. And, and for two years, you couldn't get a 100% contract accepted, you know. Um, but then you had two years of, of back-to-back nearly 20% bumps in equity. So I think instead of foreclosures, you'll just see more of um, um, nervous sellers, right? Yeah. And right now is... Is kind of almost peak nerves for you're seeing sellers being like, okay, 
you know, where they would not have even entertained offers like that. There's been so much equity built up and credit standards were so tight that I think you'll see more people just get actual deals on houses. Um, So, well, and also that those were a direct relation of the lending guidelines that, you know, that were all over the place and, and most anybody could get a loan, like you're saying. That's why that those foreclosures happened is because of the, you know, lending. Lending was not, it was kind of a free-for-all, honestly, at that point in time, I feel like. Well, uh, and there was like strategic foreclosures too, right? Right. Where you knew, I mean, there was there were 125 LTV loans out there, mm-hmm. non-recourse. So you could borrow 125% of the value and then mail the keys in, you know? And so you make 25% on your money. You just walk away. Mm-hmm. And so um, anyway, very different world than what we live in. So, all right. So THC gets yanked out from under you and you you just had to adapt, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you had to find another market. And, and I think that when I talked to realtors that were in the business then um, and fresh out of it, um, I started in 14, which was a pretty crappy year, really. Uh, but um when you talk to to realtors that were in it then, um, they're like, "Yeah, I just learned to sell foreclosures. I was the foreclosure mm-hmm. guy, you know, or I learned mm-hmm. to I, was, I learned to sell distressed sales, and I was a stress I was the distressed sale gal, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember any specific like things you changed about your business to, to go find new stuff? And did it take you a while? Or well, I mean, you know, I keep going back to the to the first time homebuyer. I I just I worked a lot with first time homebuyers. And um, and THDA still had that um, you know the their they still offered their standard FHA you know program. Um, so I just kind of just continued to dig into that. Now personally, I felt like the conventional was better, but they but I still had the option to place them in an awesome first time buyer you know program. Um, so it was really just more so, you know, just making sure that I think my realtor partners knew we were there being transparent with what was going on, mm-hmm. educating them on the changes so that they're not caught off guard. Uh, it was more so, you know, just as we're seeing now back into, an, you know, it, it's, we're really educators. We're an educator role on making sure that um, our partners know what's available and, and what's not. And right. so much more then was not, a, was becoming not available. So that was, you know, a hard communication for a while, but just continuing to, make sure everybody is informed and aware. Yeah. I mean, given, given, given ourselves and our buyers and our agents, the weapons to, to go out there and, mm-hmm. and, and compete, you know, or, um, or to solve for things. I mean, seller credits towards rate buy downs or, um, you know, I've got a client just went under contract. They didn't care anything about that. They just wanted a good, a, a good price on the purchase. That's fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was timely that we took this stance on education last year. Um, we talk about this a lot. So you, you, you all know that have listened to us for a period of time. We moved companies like March 2nd, March 4th is when rates took off. And so <laughs> we, we had like a good six month head start on our competition mm-hmm. because we were pounding pavement, getting the message out to our partners and to our clients in March. <laughs> and, and, and we barely and had a login password. <laughs> yes. We, we didn't, we didn't know how to do anything in the system. So we just went out and tried to source business. 
Um, and and I think <laughs> yeah, it was probably it was probably June or July before our competition got back out there at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that we made that kind of adjustment towards education it ended up being perfect and mm-hmm. uh, necessary. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, you were a top producer at one of the largest companies here in town, um, top 10. And um, so you survived uh, horrific, uh, you know, the end. That was the end. You see banks failing everywhere and the financial system's about to collapse. You survived that. And um, and so, I mean, what have you have you run like a parallel to today and been like, OK, I, I've been through that. I feel pretty good that I can come through anything else. I, you- I, I think mentally, yes. I mean, <laughs> mentally, yes. I, I, because personally, I know the, the consistent habits that, that need to take place to make, to ensure that you carry through these tougher times, you know, we're not all guaranteed, you know, 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just this consistent habits of, and making sure you're caring for your business um, that we all know that we're supposed to be doing, but just continuing to do those. Um, but yes, I mean, you know, unfortunately, just like in 08, we are seeing a lot of people have to make tough decisions that they, that, you know, this year that they maybe didn't think they would have to make two years ago, tough mm-hmm. decisions in their careers and their, you know, and their licensing is, you know, and all those things. So that we're going to see that we're probably going to continue to see that, um, and that's normal, a normal part of, part of the market. I would just say consistency is the key and that mentally I have to wrap my brain around to, you know, to know that on the other end of this, you know, we're okay. Yeah, Lisa uses this analogy. Of course, it's a soccer analogy, but she talks about how people, um, when she played college soccer, they're like, oh, it's raining outside, you know, the field's all wet, it's hard to play. And um, she, um, uh, she always says, well, Hey, it's raining on everybody, you know, it's raining on them too. And so, um, I, like I, feel that. That, I, I know, I know. I love <laughs> that. And, and that's kind of where we are. Yeah. And I, I am so jacked because our originators, there's nobody on this team. That's not a, that is not a high level, highly talented originator with responsible personal financial habits, um, and good business models, good professional habits. Um, that is not going to be in a position to really capitalize on this. And it makes me really excited. I, you alluded to this, Autumn, but something like, I heard a stat the other day, 40% of loan originators, mortgage loan originators did not renew their license. Um, so 40%, or zero. Uh, feels like a lot, but have done a little digging and it's not, it's not inaccurate. So um, anyway, well, I, I, I love this. I know you have a 1230 to get onto, so I don't want to keep you much longer on, but I would love to continue this. I'd like to do the same with Lisa and just talk mm-hmm. to her about what she, you know, what she felt going through that time. Um, Becca, you had a couple of housekeeping agenda items for us, and then we'll give you guys back your day. Sure do. Um, we are having our open house. It is going to be at the end of this month on March 30th, four to seven, pop in, stay the whole time if you want. Um, but we have an awesome new office downtown on Clinch, and we want to show it off and have you guys there. So um, also, if you are thinking about getting some CE hours in the near future, if you're a real estate agent, um, 
we have our friend from Nashville, Jessie Scarlotta, who we love, and she is teaching one of her classes called Your Boss. It's a one-hour class, and it's basically talking about how to start running your real estate business like an actual business. So if you've been in it for 20 years or two years, I think that everyone could benefit from this, um, and it's a great way to get those hours and not be bored to tears. So that is going to be on Tuesday, April 18th. We're going to provide lunch at 11, and we'll have class at 12. Um, I will send more information out about this as it comes along, and you'll probably have lots of reminders between now and then, but just wanted to go ahead and pl plant that seed in your head so that you can be thinking about it. I love that. Y'all will love Jessie Scarlotta. She's in the Nashville market uh, with her team, Southbound Group, and um, consistently 20 million plus, uh, one of our... Um, one of our best partners. We love her and her team. She's very smart and can add a ton of value. So I'm very excited for that. Um, hey, don't forget, we work on the weekends, ltwgroupatfairwaymc.com, ltwgroupatfairwaymc.com. Thank you all. Would love feedback on this, what you want to hear more of, less of, et cetera. And um, hey, thanks, thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate you all. See ya. Bye.